0: Bismillah al-Rahman al-Rahim. Lesson number ninety-eight, Surah al-Anfal, ayah number one to nineteen. Surah al-Anfal. Al-Anfal means war spoils, war booty. What is war booty? Yes. It's what the victors usually gain after the war is over. Okay. So it's basically the goods that belong to the enemy that the victors take through victory over them in a battle or after a battle so basically two armies when they meet and when they fight one another whoever wins what do they do? they also take the goods off those whom they have defeated because usually what happens is that those who have been defeated they run away in order to save their lives right? or they are taken as war captives so when they are taken as war captives or when they run away in order to save their lives whatever of their property they've left behind, who takes it? Those who have won. Now, the word anfal is a plural of nafal. And nafal, what does it mean? Nafal prayers, nafal ibadah, what does it mean? Yes. Extra. That which is more than the due. So, for example, at time, what is due? What is necessary for you to perform? Your fard? Right and the Sunnah muakkida also because the Prophet sallallahu he performed them on a regular basis so we are also required to perform them on a regular basis unless you know there is a genuine reason and for that reason a person is not able to perform them but once in a while is different okay so what is due at that time is your Fard Salah and if you perform some extra prayers you say I have time I'm waiting I'm just sitting around so I might as well perform some extra what is that Nafil it is bonus. It is more than the due. This is what nafl is. Now the war booty is called and anfal. Why do you think so? Because this is an extra bonus that a person makes when he goes out in the way of Allah. Remember that when a person strives in Allah's cause and he gains any benefit, any profit, any advantage, remember that that is not his main objective. That is not his main goal. What is his main goal? He is seeking Allah's pleasure. He is seeking to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his efforts. And he wants the ajr where? In the akhirah. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him some kind of reward in this dunya, whether it is in the form of something tangible or intangible, remember what is it? A bonus. Alright? It's a bonus. That is not the goal. Because the fact is that there is nothing at all of this dunya that can compensate for what a person strives in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is nothing in this dunya, no treasure, no money, nothing at all that can compensate for what you've put in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is very, very appreciative. One of the names of Allah is al-shakur, the one who is very appreciative. One of the names is al-akram, the one who is very, most generous. So when a person strives to please Allah, then the reward that Allah has for him is great. It is very great. And there is nothing in this dunya that can be equal to that reward. So if Allah gives a servant something of this dunya, then remember, what is it? Just a bonus. It's just an extra benefit. It's just a good news that inshallah, in the hereafter, much, much more is awaiting you. So what does it teach us? That whenever we do anything for the sake of Allah, whether we're helping somebody or we are spending in Allah's cause, or we are studying the deen, anything that we do for the sake of Allah, our primary focus should not be what we get here. It should not be the recognition that people give us, the praise, the words of praise that people can offer. It should not be the results that you can get here. What should be the main goal? What should be the main focus? What Allah has in store in the akhirah. Let me give you an example. A person is reciting the Quran in tajweed class. Okay? Why? Because that's what we're required to do at that time and there's so many people going around, checking, listening to our voices, checking our lips, looking at our eyes. Where are our eyes? So what do we do? We start reciting the Quran at during tajweed class. Okay? Now, if we're reciting Quran, what's the benefit? that insha'Allah our tajweed will improve, and insha'Allah our group in charge will be happy with us, right? And insha'Allah our tajweed teacher will also be happy that finally these people are reciting. Okay, so this is what? A benefit, okay? But remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a greater reward for a person in the akhirah, And what is that? For every letter they recite, 10 good deeds. So when your teacher is happy, and when you manage to recite properly these are good results but remember this is what extra naful. the main reward that we are seeking is that which is with allah azza wa is that which inshallah a person will find where in the akhirah so al anfal war booty what do you understand from the name of the surah what is the surah going to talk about hmm? Yes? Wars, okay. War, when it comes to the matter of war, what comes to your mind? What's the etiquette of war? Like what are the rules and regulations, right? Then the war booty, who gets a share of it? Who doesn't get a share of it? Okay? So remember that Suratul anfal is a Madni Surah. It was revealed after the Hijrah. And it was revealed after Suratul baqarah Remember that when the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, one of the first surahs to be revealed in great detail was which one? Surah Al-Baqarah. And in Surah Al-Baqarah, a lot of commands have been given with regards to fasting, with regards to eating halal and tayyib. Remember Surah Al-Baqarah, right? Why? Because now an Islamic state was established. The Muslims, they had iman. Now they needed to know the law. So the law was prescribed where? The initial stages were in Surah Al-Baqarah. And soon after that, Surah Al-Anfal was revealed. In the previous Surah, Surah Al-A'raf, we learned about many nations, how they responded to their prophets. And then what happened? Eventually, those who believed were saved, and those who opposed the prophets of Allah, what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent their punishment upon them. So in this surah, Surah Al-Anfal, we learn about the punishment that was sent upon who? Those who opposed Muhammad sallam. And what was that punishment? It was defeat at the hands of the Muslims in the first battle that was fought between the two sides, which was the battle of? Badr. So this surah was revealed in the context of which battle? The battle of? Badr. The Battle of Badr took place on 17th of Ramadan. In the second year after Hijrah. And remember that the Muslims were only about, how many in number? 300. And the Mushrikeen on the other hand were about a thousand in number. So imagine 300 versus a thousand. The Muslims were basically fighting an army that was three times their number. Alright? And what happened? Who won? It was the Muslims who won. So this victory was not a small victory. It was Fathul Mubin. It was a clear, evident victory that established the strength of the Muslims, that established you know, all of the Muslims because until now, there were people who were attacked by anybody. Nobody had any respect for them, nothing at all. But after this victory, what happened? The people began... Fearing the Muslims, that they have a presence. They can also stand up for themselves. They also have some strength. So we better be careful about in dealing with them. So when this first victory happened, many issues were raised. How are we to go to battle? So what are the rules and regulations of battle in the future? Likewise, when war spoils, they fall in the hands of the Muslims. How is it supposed to be distributed? Now imagine when it comes to zakat, there are clear instructions concerning who has to pay, what amount, and it is to be given to who. So likewise, when it comes to booty, how is that to be distributed amongst the Muslims? Likewise, when it comes to prisoners of war, that have been captured by the Muslims, how are they to be treated? So there are many questions that were raised, and as these questions were raised, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala revealed Suratul Anfal, answering all of these questions, guiding the Muslims with respect to all of these matters. So let's begin the surah. Bismillahi al-Rahman They ask you about the booty. Who asks you? The Sahaba, they asked the Prophet ﷺ about the booty. That who gets to have a share in it? Who gets what and who gets what? So this was a question. In Musnad Ahmad, it is recorded that Sa'ad bin Malik, he said that when the booty was brought in, it was collected, he saw a sword. He picked it up and he said, O Allah's Messenger, Allah has brought comfort to me today over the mushrikeen. So please give this sword to me. Meaning, I fought very bravely. I was very successful in my fight against the mushrikeen. So please grant this sword to me. The Prophet ﷺ he said, "This sword is neither yours nor is it mine. So put it down." Because typically, what happens when things are brought in, okay? Like for example, imagine you go shopping and you bring in a lot of stuff, and everybody's looking. Okay, let's say your siblings are looking. And they know that you've brought stuff for them. They have their eyes set on the shopping bags. Alright? And then what happens? Each one says, Can I have this one? Can I have this? Can I have this? So something similar started over there. So the Prophet ﷺ said, This stuff neither belongs to me, nor does it belong to you. Put it down. Put it down. Don't set your eyes on things that don't belong to you. This is Whose property? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's property. So Sa'ad bin Malik, he was a little sad. He put it down, he obeyed the Prophet. And he said that I felt in my heart that it might be given to somebody else, and I want this sword. And he felt a little sad about that. So he turned away, he was on his way back, and what happened? Somebody called him from behind. That come back. So Sa'ad bin Malik he returned and he found out that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala had revealed Concerning this matter, yes, Alunaka Anil Anfal, they are asking you about the booty, that who gets what, and the thing is that the Muslim army in the Battle of Badr, the Prophet had divided the army into multiple groups, a group of companions fighting in the front lines. A group of companions defending the Muslims. A group of companions guarding the Prophet ﷺ. So each group was assigned different tasks. And this is something typical that happens when a group of people are working together. right? Like for example, there's a lot of people working over here. Some are working behind computers. Others are working by invigilating. Others are working at the front desk. all right? So people are assigned different different things to do. all right? But what happened was that each group of Muslims felt that what they did led to victory. So they said, because of our efforts, we were victorious. This is why we should have all of this booty. Or we should have a greater share of the booty. Because you see, previously, before Islam, the Arabs, their rule was that whoever goes to battle and whoever gets their hands on whatever they take it finders keepers that was the rule here they said look it was our efforts that paid off so please can we have a share of it so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed anfal they ask you about the booty qul say o prophet sallallahu tell them that al anfal the booty lillahi it belongs to who allah what rasul and the messenger it's not yours, who does it belong to? Allah and His Messenger. It's like if children are fighting over something, then what do the parents do? Just give it to me. It's not yours, it's not yours, it's mine. You understand? Many times I have to do that with my two children. When they're fighting over something, I said, just give it to me, it's mama's. All right? It's not bayah's, it's not sisters, it's mama's. So then what happens? They give up. And then whatever I decide, then they accept it sometimes. And sometimes they don't. So anyway, when this was said that قُلِ الْأَنْفَالُ لِلَّهِ وَالْرَّسُولُ then the entire conflict was solved. That this all belongs to Allah and His Messenger. So fear Allah and hand over everything to Allah's Messenger and do not fight over this booty thinking that you have a right to it. And when you hand over everything to Allah and His Messenger, then whatever Allah decides concerning the booty and the Messenger instructs you with, then you have to accept it wholeheartedly. When they belong to Allah and His Messenger, then what does it mean? You have to accept Allah's decision concerning it. If the Messenger ﷺ says, this share is for this person and this share is for that person, then you have to accept it. You cannot go and dictate the Messenger of Allah, give this to me and give this to so and so. No. The command comes from who? Allah and His Messenger. You have to accept that. This is why Allah says, فَاتَّقُوا So fear Allah. Fear Allah. And this is very meaningful over here. Because what happens is that when money comes, then people get become greedy, right? And people start fighting over it. People start fighting over it. Why? Because this is a natural weakness of the human being. He loves money. Allah says in the Quran, وَإِنَّهُ لِحُبِّ الْخَيْرِ لَشَدِيدُ That man is surely very severe, very intense in his love for money. So when it comes to money, people get very greedy. This is why Allah says, Fattakullah, fear Allah. Look at how you're behaving. Is this why you went for war? Is this why you went with the Messenger of Allah to get these things? To get the chattels of this world? Was that your objective? Or was your objective to please Allah and His Messenger? What was your purpose? If your purpose was this dunya, fear Allah. Fattaqullah. Wa aslihu and reform. That bainikum. that is is the feminine of du. What does du mean? Possessor. Alright? And bainikum, between you. Thata bainikum is basically an expression which refers to the relationships that are between people. Because thata bainikum literally means that which is between you. That which is between you. So, wa aslihu data meaning amend that which is between you. These fights, these arguments, putting one another down, this is something that does not befit a united ummah. So fix these problems and then think about, you know, demanding some share of war booty for yourselves. wa aslihu data reform that which is between you. So basically the Muslims are being told that instead of being greedy for the riches of this world, instead of being greedy for these privileges, check yourself. Why is it that you went to battle? Was it to have self-glory, to make money, to show your greatness, because of which you consider the work of others as something less, and you think that you deserve more of war booty? Was it... To make dunya because of which you are fighting with one another in order to get a share of the booty? Why is it that you went out in Allah's way? wa aslihu Reform your relationships. Be united and focus on the one goal altogether. What is your goal? To please Allah. Your goal is to be in Allah's way. And remember, that when people have this sincerity for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they are united. Then they don't fight over petty issues. Sincerity creates unity. Because when a person is striving for Allah, to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then his main focus is not, my right and my money, and I should deserve this, and I should be promoted, and why is this person being given this? His goal is what? To please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he becomes concerned about the well-being of those with him, of those around him. Then he doesn't become greedy, he becomes giving. And when he becomes giving, this will create strong bonds between people. When he will be forgiving, when he will be generous, this will unite the whole group. So wa aslihu ذات بينكم. Reform what is between you. Fix your relationships. Wa ati'u Allah and obey Allah wa and His Messenger. In kuntum mu'mineen if you are truly believers. If you are truly believers. Then you should be obeying Allah and His Messenger. Meaning whatever they decide concerning the booty, you should show samirna wa You should say samirna Not that you say, why was this given to so and so, and how come I don't get a share of this. Now, in this ayah, what is so amazing is the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not telling the people immediately as to who gets a share of the booty, and how much share. In fact, for the next 40 verses, the ruling concerning the booty is not given. For the next 40 verses. And this is very interesting. Because it's as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is shifting our focus from the booty to what? Something else. Because like we discussed earlier that when money comes in front of you, then we get greedy, and our eyes, they're set on money, and that becomes our goal. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is shifting our focus in order to protect our sincerity. In order to protect our striving in His cause alone, for His sake alone. And over here, the emphasis is being given on what? Fixing, amending the relationships. Because many times it happens that when we go out for the sake of Allah, whether it is to a class, then what is it that we neglect? What is it that we don't pay much attention to? Relationships. It's like we're coming out of the house for our class and we're arguing with our husbands. We're stepping out of the house and we're yelling at who? Our children. We're stepping out of our house and we're leaving a mess behind for who? Our moms. Hmm? What does Allah say? <laughs> Look at yourself. Look at your relationships. When a person is out in the way of Allah, it doesn't mean that they can neglect their relationships. Relationships are very, very important. In fact, they will show how much a person is sincere in Allah's way. They will show how strong of a bond he has with Allah. They will demonstrate how obedient a person is to Allah. His relationships will demonstrate how much sabr he has, how much forgiveness he has learned. It's the relationships with people that show the level of our faith and commitment with their religion. If our relationships are suffering, then that means there's a problem somewhere. It doesn't mean that you leave striving in Allah's cause. It means that you pay attention to fixing your relationships also. Because it does not befit a servant who's out in the way of Allah, that outside he has a very good image, but in the house... He's considered as the most evil person. This dual personality does not fit a slave who is out in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, aslihu ذَاتَ بَيْنِكُمْ Reform your relationships. And if you're really believers, then obey Allah and His Messenger. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Now, shifted completely. Focuses on what? Iman. Allah says, indeed the believers... Are who Alladina الذين those who, إذا ذُكر الله when Allah is mentioned, وجلت قلوبهم their hearts tremble with fear. Wajilat is from the root letters waw, jim, lam, وجل. وجل basically means to tremble. The word مَوْجِلْ from the same root is used for a ditch, depressed ground. Has it ever happened that you're walking somewhere and all of a sudden you see a hole in the ground? I remember once we went to somebody's farm, and we were walking. And all of a sudden, there was such a huge well. I've never seen a well that huge. It was deep and it had no wall. It had no wall. This was not here, by the way. Okay. And just the sight, just the sight of that well was so scary. You know, if there's a crater or something in the ground caused by some blast or anything, the sight of it itself is so Terrifying. So, wajilat is when someone trembles out of fear. You know when you have a shiver down your spine out of fear. When you're not able to complete your words and you start stuttering out of fear. When your hands begin to tremble. When your mouth trembles. This is what wajil is. What does Allah say here? That the believers, the true believers are who? When Allah has mentioned their hearts, Tremble with fear. Their hearts are affected. When Allah is mentioned, then they don't remain the same on hearing Allah's name. They melt, they change. And what is being hinted at here is basically that they forget about their differences, they forget about their arguments, and what happens? they focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they humble themselves. Either Allah wajilat Like Umar رضي الله عنه. When he was told, fear Allah, he put his cheek on the ground. When he was addressing the Muslims and he was discouraging the Muslims from giving huge amounts of money in mahr to their wives because he felt as though this was israf. So he was discouraging the Muslims from being so extravagant when it came to the matter of marriage. A woman stood up and she said that, how can you forbid this when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself mentions that if you give a heap of wealth to your wife, qintar has been used. And you're telling us we should not give this much mahr to our wives? Is this what you're telling us? So Umar anhu, he said, yes, the woman is right and Umar is wrong. The woman is right. Why? Why did he change instantly? Why is it that he accepted the word of the woman? Because the woman was not making things up herself. What was she mentioning? Allah's statement. So when Allah was mentioned, what happened? Umar anhu, His heart trembled with fear. And when it trembled with fear, it humbled. He forgot about his ego. He forgot about his image. He forgot about his say. Then who became important? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when a person feels like this, then he changes. Then he can improve. But unfortunately what happens is that when we are doing something wrong, when we are saying something wrong and we are reminded, even with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we are reminded, we say, you know what, yes, I do have fear of Allah, however, such and such and such. Hmm? And we say, you know, things to show that yes, we are very pious, or we say, forget Allah and His messenger, what about my right? These are the kind of things that we say. What does that show? Iman is weak. Because it is not possible for a person who believes in Allah that he would say such a thing. It is not possible that a person has faith in Allah and he doesn't fear Allah when Allah is mentioned. True believers are who? الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ wa وَإِذَا and when Tuliyat It is recited عَلَيْهِمْ upon them ayatu His verses When the verses of Allah are recited before them, then what happens? زَادَتْهُمْ imana. It increases them in iman. Their faith increases. What does it mean their iman increases? That when the iman of a person increases, then basically what that means is that a person is motivated to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when they hear Allah's verses, they are motivated to action. They are motivated to humble themselves. They don't remain the same, stagnant, unmoved. No. They increase in their faith, in their humility, in their submissiveness. They do something. So we see that Iman is a strength, is a force that creates movement in a person. It removes his arrogance. It removes his feelings of self-admiration. And so he surrenders, he submits, زَادَتْهُمْ The third quality that is mentioned here is that they are those who rely upon their Lord. They do تَوَكُل on who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In all their affairs, they trust in Allah, they expect from Allah. They don't expect from people, rather they expect from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They have this hope, this certainty, that the solution to all problems is with whom? Allah. They trust on Allah, that Allah will not waste their efforts. That Allah will not leave them deprived. That Allah will generously reward them. They trust upon their Lord. You know, one of the qualities of the Messenger ﷺ, that is given in the Torah, in the previous scriptures, is al al-mutawakkil The one who relies. On who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the person who relies upon Allah, is always content. He's always positive. No matter what's happening. Because you see, when money comes in, people get afraid. I better fight for it, or else I'm gonna get nothing. It's like if there is a cake, and you really want it, but somebody sends you for an errand. Somebody sends you to go and help somebody out. And you're afraid there's 20 people sitting over here, one cake. By the time I come back, it's going to be gone. So at that time you're wondering, should I go and help this person out, Or should I go grab a piece for myself? The person who realizes that it's important to go and help someone else out, what happens? He is positive over there. He has trust on Allah that if I help someone, then Allah will help me. He will not deprive me. And what happens? He goes and he comes back and he finds out that, yes, the cake is finished. But somebody kept a piece for you. So this is what happened to the person who trusts Upon his Lord. He is content in every situation. He looks at the positive in every situation. He realizes my Lord is mighty. He is just. He is capable. So he will not abandon me. He will not leave me alone. No matter what the situation. Alladina, Those who salata, They establish the prayer. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And out of what we have given them, they spend. They care about others. They're not selfish. They care about others. Some people, whenever they do anything, their focus is what? What can I get out of it? And others, what is their focus? How can I help someone? The one with iman, the one with tawakkul, the one who fears Allah, the one who is affected by Allah's ayat, what does he do? He spends on others. He's concerned about others. Like remember at the end of the previous surah, what did we learn? Khudil afwa. Take forgiveness. Meaning, forgive others. Let go. Be concerned about others. Forget your ego and forgive others. Khudil afwa. And you know one of the meanings of afu is what? Another meaning of afu is what? Increase. Right? Surplus. Alright? So khudil afwa has also been understood as take what comes Easily. Meaning take, accept what people give easily. In the sense that whatever obedience people show, even if it's a little bit, whatever compliance they show, even if it's a little bit, graciously accept it. Happily accept it. Don't demand too much from people. Even if they're doing a little bit, appreciate those efforts. But what happens with us is that we expect a lot from people. We want from them, but we don't want to give to them. The quality of a true believer is what? That he gives to others. And this means that even if a person does a little bit, he is greatly appreciative. One is to look at somebody's work and keep looking for faults. They didn't do this, they didn't do this, they didn't do this. They messed this up, they left this out, they left that out. And the other is that you see, okay, alhamdulillah, at least they did this much. Right? At least they did this much. It's like when a person is looking at children, dealing with children, one is that a person says, Oh, look at how much mess this child left behind. And the other is that look at the fact that at least he put all the blocks in one box, all right, and all the dolls in one place. And okay if a few blocks and balls got left behind, at least he put in an effort to clean up the place. Look at his age and look at his accomplishment. Right? So, وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ We think we only need to give money. Sometimes we also need to show some generosity. Sometimes we also need to show some forgiveness. Sometimes we also need to show some smile on our faces. Words of appreciation, of recognizing the efforts of people. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Allah says it is those هُمُ المؤمنون, They are the believers حَقَّ In true Who are the true believers? Those who possess these qualities Which ones? When Allah is mentioned Their hearts tremble with fear When the verses are recited Then their faith increases And they trust upon their Lord And they perform their prayers And they spend on others. Five qualities are mentioned over here. Check yourself. These are the believers in truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testifies to their faith. He says that yes, their iman is true. It is acceptable. And those who lack these qualities, who are only greedy for their selfish benefits, then there is a problem with their faith. Their faith is too weak those who fight a lot, who argue with others, whose relationships are messed up, then remember that there is a problem with their faith. And we need to look at ourselves over here. That perhaps we might think of ourselves as, you know, I study the Qur'an, and I go to weekly classes, and I help so many people, I spend so much in charity. But if at the same time, our relationships are messed up, whether it is with our children, or it is with our siblings, then what good are we doing? What good are we doing when on the one hand, we go, accumulate some reward, and in the next moment, we yell at someone, we humiliate someone, we don't show any forgiveness and compassion, and we waste all the good that we accumulated. You know, Ibn al-Qayyim, he listed a number of ways in which shaitan deceives the human being. One of the ways is that shaitan tells a person, do this good. Look, look at this great khayr. Do it, do it, do it. And what happens? A person is accumulating so much reward throughout the day. And then at the end, shaitan makes a person disobey Allah in one matter. And what happens? That one sin is sufficient to wash away all the good that the person did. All the good that the person is, So when the person falls in his rank, then shaitan is so happy. I made him go high and fall so badly. So this is why it's so important that we pay attention to every aspect of our lives. Because you see over here the sahaba, they were so focused on jihad, and they were so focused on the anfal, that they forgot about being generous towards others. They started demanding booty. They started demanding money. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala corrected them. Pay attention to every aspect. Don't just worry about reciting the Qur'an with perfection. Also worry about speaking good words to people. Don't just worry about being good with strangers. Also be concerned about being good to those in your own house. أَصْلِحُ ذَاتَ بَيْنِكُمْ because you see, a believer is a person who has a well-rounded personality. From every aspect, from every side, he is good. Which is why we see that Yusuf A.S., when he was in the prison, when he was in the prison, what did the inmate say to him? We see you as a muhsin. Can you imagine? A person who is in the prison, who deserves to be miserable and angry, and show his fury, imagine he is being called who? A muhsin in that prison. Why? Because he was good in every aspect. In every aspect. And this is something that we need to focus on. ذَا تَبَيْنِكُمْ أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ حقا. Those are the believers in truth. And for such believers, Lahum Darajatun. They will have high ranks, degrees, rabbihim near their Lord, maghfirah and forgiveness, what is كَرِيمٌ karim? And a noble provision. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward such people generously. First of all, darajat. Darajat is a plural of darajat. What is daraja? High rank. Notice many ranks are mentioned. Why? Because everyone's efforts are in There is one person who manages to tolerate their siblings. Okay, they reach a level. There is another person who manages to learns to tolerate their siblings and their parents. So they have a good relationship now with their siblings and their parents. And then there is another person who manages to tolerate their siblings who has a good relationship with their parents and they're also good towards the people whom they work with. You see how The level of excellence is different. You see how it's different? One is tolerant towards certain people. Another is tolerant towards more. Another is tolerant towards more. So when the effort is more, the reward will be more. The reward will be different. It will vary. So we have to see how much are we successful in the different aspects of our lives. We may be excellent students. But are we people who demonstrate patience? Are we people who are able to forgive? The more you achieve, the greater your rank will be. The less you achieve, the lower your rank. And in this dunya, we don't like to be of a lower level. Or are we okay with it? Are we okay with it? If you find out that someone who's working with you gets to make $500 more than you every month, are you okay with that? Never. You're like, why? If our work is the same, why is she making more money? I want to be able to make more money too. We don't accept this difference when it comes to worldly matters. If you find out that your mom gave your sister $10 more this month than you, would you accept it? Would you accept it? Even if it's just $10, we'll say no. Come on, that's not fair. We'll fight for those $10 even when it comes to dunya. But when it comes to the matters of akhira, unfortunately, we don't think of them as very important. In hadith we learn that the difference between each level in Jannah will be how much? Like how we look at the stars in the sky. Can you imagine? So if a person manages to get to the 20th level of Jannah, he will be looking up at those at the 21st level. How? As a person looks at the stars when he's standing on the earth. Imagine the difference. If the physical difference is so much, imagine the difference in reward. So remember, it is difficult to learn to be patient. It is difficult to show forgiveness. But remember, that every time you go higher in your striving, you go higher in your rank, in the sight of Allah. You get greater rewards in the Akhirah. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses.
1: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yas'alunakani al-anfan. Qulil anfa lillahi war rasul. Fattaqullah wa aslihuu dhaata bainikum. وَأَطِيعُوا اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا كَهُمْ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ حَقًّا لَهُمْ دَرَجَاتٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِمْ وَمَغْفِرَةٌ وَرِزْقٌ كَرِيمٌ